Good morning, good morning, everyone. If you guys want to start to make your way towards your seats, we'll get started with church. Welcome to everyone who's here. Welcome to our live stream streamers and our people watching at the table space below. We are so happy that you're here with us. Welcome to church. If you are live streaming this morning, we would love to have you be a part of service. So do yourself a favor, hop on our Facebook page. You'll see our service guide. It'll have all of the prayers and the text used for today's service and allow you to get more involved. Also, if you are watching for the very first time, we are so happy that you tuned in with us. Drop your name in the comment below. We would love to give you a proper welcome. So, we have a lot of announcements, so let's just jump in. This week, we have a really jam-packed week for you. Starting on Tuesday at the table, we're going to do a watch party and do the Braves versus Dodgers. So, if you are sports and you want community, come to that. It'll be at 7.30 on Tuesday. Wednesday, we're going to do our Brawner. We'll always do this. We'll have your bring your own food, bring your own games, come hang out with us. It'll start at 6, and we'll just kind of go on until 8 or when it gets super dark. And then on Thursday, we're going to do our Zoom call. If you were on our Zoom call last week, you know we're talking about spiritual formation and having chats about that. So this week will be very similar. Hop on. You'll find a link on the Facebook prayer wall, or you can DM us on our social media, and we'll get that link for you. And that'll be on Thursday. And then on Friday, we are going to do a worship night. So if you have come to RCC Worship Nights, you know this is one of our favorite things. Come to this. You'll get to sit, listen to music, receive prayer. You can journal. It's a very open space, so just come and relax and worship with us. That'll be on Friday at the table again at 7. And then to save the date, November 1st, we are doing an outdoor service. We're going to do it outside the church on the greens. Come. It'll be so much fun. We're going to do it during normal service time, so at 11 a.m. If you are still social distancing, no worries. We'll have a video for you to watch. And then our last one, we are doing a winter market. Market. So, starting the 1st November and the 3rd from 10 to 2, we will have a market. If you are an artisan or if you're interested in being a vendor, you'll contact Shannon at RiverCitySmyrna.com and she'll give you more information. And then finally, this morning we are doing communion. So if you are watching at home, you have a little bit of space to go get some grape juice or wine or whatever you have and some bread, and we're going to do communion at the end of the service. So that's the end of all of my announcements for you. We're just going to jump into our lectionary passage this morning. It'll be Psalms 23, and we're going to read it in the message version this morning. So it says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You have found me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I am not afraid when you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup brims with blessings. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. And so God, we just thank you that you are a God that pursues us, that you walk along the path with us, that you mirror our community so beautifully that you are always in community, you're always in Trinity and always in relationship and you are calling us to do the same. And so this morning, I pray a very special blessing over everyone in this room. Thank you for all of the things that led to them being here this morning. I pray a special blessing over everyone watching at the table or at home or 
listening later on this week in their cars. Lord, let them hear you and sense your closeness. Bless them with community and love and connection and what can seem like a lonely season. We thank you that you are always with us and always kind. We love you, we worship you. We create space this morning just to interact. We are so excited to see what you're gonna do. And in your Holy Son's name we pray, amen. I feel like the Spirit is wanting us to just pause in this moment. I was reminded of um, in Psalm 46 where it says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And I feel like as I was praying and prepping for prayers of the people, that there was an invitation for us before we go into to praying for others around the nation for just a moment that we would be still and know that he is God and just meditate on that. And so I'm going to pray um, before prayers of the people. And I'm going to pray. And I, what I believe and what I know is the spirit is just as much in your home and in your rooms as he is in this place. And so when I am praying and believing, I believe this invitation is for all of us, whether you're sitting in this room or you're sitting in your bed or you're sitting with your family, that there is an invitation to sit and to be reminded, to be still and know that he is God. And for that to be the very grounding and foundation in which we pray the prayers of the people. And so for just a moment, we're gonna, I want us to just sit in the still and meditate on being still and knowing. go into the doing into to doing the things that are good and praying the prayers may we be grounded and anchored in the truth that God you are who you say you are may we pause intentionally our thoughts and our hearts and may we intentionally set aside the distractions and may we look at our worries and our concerns and our fears and anxieties and may we look out our window and may we just, before we go there, may we choose to pause this morning and say, I'm going to be still. And even when I feel like I don't know, I am going to know that you are God. that you will be exalted among the nations. And so we pray for the universal church, its members and its mission. May 
we collectively as a universal church, may we pause and be still and be reminded and know that you are God. That you are bigger than the tensions, than the denominations, the different theologies and ideologies, that you are bigger than all of that. May we, as a church, collectively, universally, pause in our days and may we corporately remember that you are God. May we not miss the opportunities to partner with what you are doing in the church, both locally and globally. May we not miss the whispers of your spirit calling us away. May we not miss the opportunities of being your hands and your feet to our neighbor, to our brother, to our sister. We pray for the world and all those in it. God, I thank you that we can trust that you that you know all, you see all, you are in all, and we don't have to tell you about what's going on, but we are going to intentionally pray for the weight and the heaviness of things going on in the world. And we will present them to you knowing that you are God and that you are reigning over all. And so we present to you the political unrest that is happening all over the world, but specifically in in Kyrgyzstan and Azerbaijan and Armenia as they try to follow through on ceasefire, the famine in, in Yemen, the COVID implications with hunger in so many countries India just being crippled by COVID and the impacts of it, countries after country after country, where the the implications is not just a virus, but it's economic and it's social, it's political. We cry out before you when we say, have mercy, have mercy on us. May we hear the groanings of the spirit and knowing that you are interceding on our behalf and you are advocating and stepping in in ways that people around the world cannot see and we cannot know. But what we can know is that when we stop and know and declare that you are God, that you are reigning among the nations, that you are who you say you are, we get to say, Lord, come and have your way. We get to declare peace where there is unrest. We get to declare light where there is darkness. We get to declare rain where there is fire. We pray for our local community in Smyrna and in Cobb County as early voting is gonna begin to take place and the tensions that are already heightened that are only going to continue to heighten. 
between neighbor and neighbor and brother and sister and mother and father and community to community. Before we engage, may we be still. May we be slow to speak. May we be slow to anger. May we be quick to listen, quick to love, quick to serve. Even in our disagreements. Because you are God and we are not. You are in control and we are not. And we get to boast in that. Pray for River City Church locally and those who feel and identify as being part of this community. I pray for every member who has looked back on this past year or maybe more and is afraid to be known or seen because of ways that they have chosen to try and cope with the hardships that have felt unknown, that have felt unseen, that have felt overlooked, that I feel like dreams have been squashed. The momentum they had gained has been completely annihilated. We speak to each of you and what we know the Spirit is saying is that I see you and I know you and I love you and you are welcome here. Would you fill the homes of everybody in our community? Would your spirit just invade our homes? And would your spirit invade our hearts in a way that triumphs over the circumstances of 2020? May we corporately profess we will be still and know that you are God and you will be exalted among the nations and that the Lord of hosts is with us and you are our fortress and our strength. And so we will exalt your name above every other name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no other leader attached to that. Just may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a quick little story about this last Friday night. We had a gathering of staff and wise council. That's our leadership kind of collective here. And it was a really good night lasted a couple hours. And at the end, I decided we would take communion together. So we opened up um, the scriptures. I began to pray. And then I had one of those moments in community that felt like God's asking me to do something maybe vulnerable here. And so I just decided I should just start singing a song (laughs) in the midst of this group. So I did. I sang the song, Jesus, We Love You. We just sang it. And I knew in my heart that the kind of community that we built 
wouldn't leave me singing by myself for an extended period of time. But you learn when you take steps like this, where you really are in your community. And so I opened my eyes after maybe seven or eight minutes of singing on my own, and everyone was just staring at me. So <laughs> I did sing the words wrong. It was hard to jump in. But it was one of those moments where I was like, I'm going to do something super vulnerable here. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for the interaction. I do wish we would have sung together. It would have been great. Maybe that's just a note for the wise council and staff. Just next time, maybe sing with Josh so he doesn't feel like a complete moron. And maybe don't laugh at him when he opens his eyes. Like, those two things are helpful. Just kidding. All right, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I want to read again Psalm 23. If you can pull that up, Bill. We're going to do the ESV this time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the kind of prayer that someone prays after they've experienced their loving shepherd or God over many years. This is the kind of prayer David is praying because he's developed something over a long period of time where he trusts when there doesn't seem to be a place to trust. This is not something when we say, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus, that happens week one. We're not singing this. We're maybe prophetically singing this over ourselves week one in our walk with Jesus, our apprenticeship to Jesus. But this takes years to develop. With Jesus, with anyone, with any human that you're going to say that you trust, you're going to have to spend time enough to know, do I really trust this person? So this is kind of a picture of what we're being drawn into as a body and as people as we walk this life. What can God do with an entire life? Such a great question. What I'm going to jump back into, kind of the practical elements, we're in pots. Prayers of the season, for those of you who don't know, you should at this point. We collectively pray into things that we feel God is leading us into for a season. This first one, we started last week. I believe it's probably the core, most essential thing in our church. I think we've been talking about it since we started, and I don't think it's possible to be a church without it. I think if you try and do church without this, it just kind of starts to look like our culture, and that just gets old. This is the sustainable portion of what we follow, who we follow. So I want to read you pot number one, because we talked about it last week. We're talking about it this week. Clear paths for formation and discipleship. So Lord, we continue to pray for clear paths for formation and discipleship as we deepen and strengthen our relationship with you and the RCC family. Continue to revive our hearts with a deeper sense of connection and commitment to you. May we humble ourselves to pursue worship. Worship is all of what we do. Worship is not just the songs we just sang. It's this whole, everything today is worship. We are at worship. Sarah's family actually calls church worship. I think that used to happen more. We're going to worship. We've gotten to a space where we think the only worshipful part are the words we're singing. This is all worship. May we pursue worship and praise. Praise is what we did just a minute ago. Even in the midst of the most difficult times. So today... If last week was about spiritual formation is important, this week is about where does spiritual formation happen? 
It's been with us since the beginning. Like I said, we started these groups called 12. Actually, Sarah, who's not in here right now, but wasn't here, started these groups called 12, where we did 12 disciplines, 12 weeks, 12 people, a lot of 12. There's just 12 of everything. 12 colored pencils. She's down on the floor over there, okay. And what we saw is there was a bunch of different kind of groups that we had started, but all of the people that stepped into these groups three or four years ago are people that ended up having a large-scale impact on our church. People that stepped into these groups, which were uncomfortable for people, because it wasn't you sitting there and listening to someone teach and then you just taking notes. The idea of spiritual formation and the disciplines is that you're practicing with people together. Yes, there's a guide. Sarah was the guide. I was the guide. There were other guides. But you are practicing these things together. It's as if everyone at the table is taking a part. All of these people that we saw go through these groups are people that ended up having these massive impacts. And we know that there's a connection between these things, the disciplines, formation, community. We see this as what we want to step into even more. I think if you were to just ask me directly, what do you feel like the next season of River City should be? And I think it's this happening more and more within our body. Not just because we've created a plan for you, but because spiritual formation becomes hugely important. We see people growing. We see people from all different walks coming together, stepping in, people maturing, mature people stepping in with immature people, older people, younger people, millennials, boomers, all of it. Rich people, people who aren't rich, all of it. This is what I believe we're stepping into because all of those different voices together, something beautiful happens when Jesus is present. So I want to read you again one of the scriptures from last week. And this is, actually I'm going to read you Mark 10, 49 through 52 first. Because I think one of the things we came up in our staff meeting was, why would someone step into this? If you come to a church, why would you want to step into spiritual formation or discipleship? And I think for me, clearly, to step in, something would have to happen to make me interested in that. It's not just, I know I need to do this, I've been to church, or... I grew up in a Christian home, I need to do this. There's something about being drawn into these spaces where you taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think last week we talked about how he's tapping into our desires, right? With this story, Bartimaeus, we've talked about this story so many times. And Jesus stopped and said, call him to Bartimaeus. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Jesus does his own thing. Go your own way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Jesus knows the in routes that we all have. Even those of us who've sat in rooms like this our whole lives and sat back and not really experienced community or Jesus or what it means to have the Spirit's power bringing us to life, even those people, he knows the in routes to draw you to the deeper place. He's not satisfied that we have pseudo-Christian community sit on the sidelines and for our whole lives be good church members but not truly experience what it means to be in the body, to be the body of Christ. Those invitations are left and right and they are present more now than ever before. What is it that you want him to do for you? Last week we talked about desire. What is your desire? Spiritual or not, what is your desire? Does the Lord have access to that kind of thing? Matthew 4, 18 through 22. This will be the second time I read this. 
While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, and the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So if Psalm 23 is a picture of where we will grow into as a community and a person, Jesus and the Gospels is the practical how this happens. He collects people by inviting them on a journey, apprenticeship, the path. He invites people to step into a new way to be alive. Not just, this is not what, he didn't just walk by a few people and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop by here every now and again and I'm gonna share some things with you and this is gonna be enough for you. You continue living the life that you desire to live. I will supplement that life with things, maybe one out of seven days a week. We can do it Sunday mornings. That should be enough for you. No, his invitation right? Why do we have roadblocks even with that? Why when we just hear that this is asking more than I'm probably wanting to give. Jesus is walking by people and saying, I'm asking you to leave actually your families and come with me. This is a different kind of invitation. This invitation has vulnerability and accountability. It has the pursuit of your whole being given, given to him, being given to him. This is not a supplemental, this will make your life better. This is not a get your blessing right now kind of thing. This is a your whole life's about to be consumed with this. So as the disciples traveled through cities, they showed up in a group. And in the group was Jesus. So anybody that saw this group and saw his people, anyone that they interacted with, noticed two things. There's a group of them, and present in that group is Jesus. These two elements, Jesus and the community, these things are not replaceable by any other thing that we try and do. If we don't have active community, if we don't have Jesus, it's not truly the body of Christ. Think about it. They showed up and people noticed Jesus. There's Jesus. There's his disciples. And they noticed Jesus so much that the disciples were almost supplemental to him. Does that make sense? So that their message became so central about Jesus that it wasn't the disciples and they had to be told, uh, this is actually who we're here for. They knew that because of the presence, the, the fellowship, the commitment to Jesus. He was the most seeable thing in our communities that we build right now. We build so many communities about secondary things. We put our efforts and energy into things that you have to kind of play hide and seek to find Jesus in it. It's like we're ashamed. It's a culture that we're ashamed to say that Jesus actually is the way and he's 100% where you need to be. What's, what's causing that to happen? That's not even what I want to preach about. I'm not gonna preach about it. So if last week was about spiritual formation, this week is about where it happens. It happens in community. They were selected, invited, and for them, knowing Jesus was also knowing brother, sister. Knowing Jesus was not separate, right? This is why when we sang that song, I was hoping that Becca would go from I exalt thee to we exalt thee. I'm all, whenever I sing that song, I'm always like, oh, we're gonna get there. Hopefully we're gonna get there. I don't wanna just say I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee. Why are we in a room full of people? We exalt thee. It's not just about your personal relationship with Jesus. It's a corporate body, the body of Christ. We exalt thee. We love you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. That's why I wanted to sing that song with those people on Friday night. But it was only me that loved Jesus. 
I should have started singing, Jesus, I love you. Just kidding. Reverse. The kinds of people that he selected, you have to kind of dig a little deeper to understand what it meant for tax collectors and zealots to be together. These people, it, it, it's my... It, if we think collecting a room full of Republicans and Democrats in this season would be difficult, this would be times 100. Zealots would actually kill people who represented the government. Tax collectors stood in for the government as people who just kind of did what needed. They were in that seat. All of a sudden, they're selected to be the first group of people. Can you imagine the kind of conversations this community of God's people were having off the bat? They weren't just talking about Kirk Cameron or The Chosen. They weren't just talking about Third Day or The Fish. Their conversations were rich and deep, and there had to be a central element that drew them together that was so much broader than everything else, that consumed all of these secondary things, and that was Jesus. Jesus' consistency in this group is what made them what they were. He didn't make all them one type. They weren't all tax collectors after this. They weren't all zealots after this. They weren't all Gentiles after this. They weren't all Jews after this. They were a collection of people who had decided the most important thing will be Christ. And if that can be the most important thing, the limits are endless. Jesus can do what he came to do with that group. So he says to them, come, apprentice. And instantly they followed. And instantly they were in community. And not like we know it. The kind of community where you wake up and go to bed and you're with the same people. Three days of that with our own families and we're ready for a vacation. The kind of community for years where you've learned people so well, so well, that you know what makes them happy, makes them sad. The kind of community that you know, like when you're around that person, this is a trigger for them. And you probably shouldn't say it in that way because you've learned it's better to be humble than to be right. And the kind of community where your desires aren't their desires, but you both desire Jesus. So let's sit together. We don't even start into that. Don't feel bad. You didn't decide to be born in the Western culture right now. But you've been given opportunities right now to show the world a different way to be alive. And it's not just inviting people to a church to hear a guy speak or a gal speak. It's the presence of Jesus within the midst of us in our homes, in our coffee shops, at our game nights, at our worship nights. It's the presence of Jesus in our conversations on group chat or Zoom. It's the presence of Jesus that people say, I don't know that they love Jesus because they're making me decide for him right now. I know that they love Jesus because of the way that they are with one another and how they focus on that. The presence of Jesus in community has the power to do things that a building plan, a building program, a discipleship program, discipleship plan cannot do. You kind of wake up and you're like, where are we going today, Jesus? And the Spirit of God is present. You admit we're not all right all the time. And again, I'm rambling. What we think community is, though, and you can get some of this from Practicing the Way. I love this website. It helps through these things. We think it's connectivity, which it's not. We already know that. In a digital age, we have more connection than we've ever had. We have more loneliness than we've ever had. It's the loneliest group we've ever seen. I think I talk to more people about how lonely they feel than any other thing right now. But I also talk to people who are more involved in more things that have this deep of kind of social wherewithal. That's not even right. But they go this deep in so many different places that they feel spent instead of just realizing they could find two or three people or five or six people and start asking the kind of questions that creates connection, true connection. Things like vulnerability and accountability, right? 
Things like singing a song in front of a group of 12 people and not having anybody sing. You realize in that moment, this is real. It just got real. Right? Like, we think it's chemistry too. Chemistry is, and I shared this last time, I have a friend in L.A., that I connect with instantly. Braves fans, baseball fans, uh, just like Mariah said when she first heard me talking about sports, she's like, I don't know if I can hang here anymore because it's a little sporty for me. (laughs) She talks about sports games. I talk about actual sports. Um, (laughs) But my friend Teddy, like, we like to talk theology. We're both pastors. But he lives in L.A., and that's not connection to community. And community is, you can pull up, some of these definitions. Community is a group of people living in the same place or having particular characteristics in common. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Chemistry will drive you to seven different churches in two years because you're finding people that do exactly like you. That do the lectionary just like you do. Or, or has open and free worship just like you do. Or does the communion and Eucharist exactly the right time, just like you do, or has open and inner healing prayer, just like you do. See, chemistry will drive you to find people exactly like you. Community are the people in this room right now. This is community. And I guarantee you, if we started talking about the differences in this room, it would get lively. We'd have to be like, but remember, we're here for Jesus, right? That's this room, community doesn't try and make everyone just like me and doesn't go after everyone just like me. We look for chemistry in every area because we think that's the goal. I had this perfect small group this season in my life. I have so many people who are trying to get back to this perfect small group they had in their life because there was so much chemistry. The truth is that was good for that time, but community can happen now. You can step into community and hopefully it's not just because of chemistry. I hope you guys are tracking with that because I think that is one of the most important things I've said all year. This is community in this room. This is what Jesus intended. We should be rubbing each other the wrong way. That's not a literal term I'm using. We shouldn't be rubbing each other at all right now. Amen? But we should be having conversations about things we don't agree about. But we also can't avoid the fact that we are here for Jesus. Jesus' people have to represent Jesus. There's not 72 ways. I feel very comfortable saying that and living that out as not a transactional version of Christianity. But Jesus ultimately has to be at the center. If not, what are we doing? Do a CrossFit. They're a little bit better at community than churches. Do Orange Theory. Evidently, they're better at community because half of y'all are in Orange Theory. (laughs) There's so many versions of community where people are collected around a thing. Jesus has to be our thing. It has to be our thing. Unapologetically, non-transactional, and not forcefully. But yes, when people see us, they should say, those are Jesus' people. They exude what it is to be a follower of Christ. We think it's connectivity and chemistry. The American individualism is probably, well, I know it is. It's, if I were to say, I tried to, you're going to have to forgive me for this. For, for many of you, this is going to be too much. I tried to show my son the band Rage Against the Machine, which many of you don't even know. Who knows who that is? Awesome. So for me, that was like in my teens, I was like, I'm playing this and living it because I'm just like, I'm raging against whatever, the, I don't know what the machine is. 
but I'm raging against it actively. And if you want to talk about raging against the machine, the machine is most definitely individualism. Most definitely. You're pre-wired through the environment you've been raised in to be alone and to want to be alone and to value that. To actually fight for community would, you, would be you raging against the machine. To fight against you having to have all that you need and, and kind of being set, and then all of a sudden you're 78 or 80, and you're like, what did I do with my whole life? That would be you raging against the machine to step into that. And the way that we do that is face to face. Everybody say face to face. Because when you're sitting and talking to someone face to face, you read their you get to read who they are. Like, Jackie, I get to read you and know you. When I talk to you, I sense when, I, when I'm speaking to you, you have a love for God. because Not because you've said words that I've heard other people say. I see it in the way that you talk. I sense it when I'm around you. I understand. This person has these things. I've seen you be honest with me about things. All of you, when we're together that way, we notice things you can't notice from a distance. This is why he selected people and brought them on a journey. A three-year journey where every night they would go to bed together and wake up together. So we're starting it right now, today. We've provided sleeping bags for everyone. Call your families. You'll be here for three years. Jesus is present. That's a cult. We're not doing that. We're not going to do that today. Disciples learn a different way. And the way of this community would be that Christ would be at the center and that they would somehow be able to be tethered together for the long haul. Koinonia is the word historically used, and you can pull up the definition for this. Communion or fellowship, joint participation, the share, the share which one has in anything. A gift jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. You can actually go ahead and pull up what I think are the two most important things about community. The first one is vulnerability. Vulnerability is the quality of, or state of being exposed. Just that, you're like, oh. Exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Vulnerability, actually, I think we crave this more than accountability. I know that we crave this more than accountability. Vulnerability, we love when we see it, we celebrate it. When someone is honest, we're like, yeah, that's, that's right, that's good. It, all, it involves this, like when you, when you decide you wanna sing in front of the leadership of your church, like I keep going back to this because it's such a raw, real pain that I need inner healing from. When you do that, there's a risk, right? When you decide, you'll say, listen, I've noticed, I've noticed, Leslie, like you, you seem to be like doing these things that are harming, you know, like vulnerability, is that vulnerability is also like, I, I'm struggling, Leslie, with this, and I need, I need healing prayer. Not because I, I've had a bad thought, but because I did a thing that was actually sin and it was painful to people, and I'm hiding, and I would rather not have to look at it. Vulnerability, we celebrate it. We know it needs to be here. Accountability, you can pull up this. This one, we are leaving churches because of this. And we're now in a culture where this is actually seen as negative. Even in church, people will say, you know, one of the reasons I love River City is because there's not a membership. There's kind of a secret membership. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have a list. <laughs> Some of you are on that list, it's great. 
quality or state of being accountable, an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility for one's actions. Again, we love it when we can tell people what they need to be accountable for. I'm not meaning that jokingly. That's the essence of our whole culture right now. We are quick to tell what needs to be accounted for, but who is stepping in to say, keep me accountable? The church without accountability will not grow. Think about what Jesus said to his disciples. The questions he asked them on the basis of love, connection, commitment to, sustenance from. Jesus is that source. He's the Psalm 23 shepherd. He's the embodiment of that. On the basis of that, he's able to ask them things like, where are you gonna go? Like, I know I just talked about drinking my blood and eating my flesh and everybody's leaving. Where are you gonna go? Who do you say that I am, right? Who do you say that I am? I'm not, this is not a vast question, disciples. I'm saying, you tell me, Peter, who am I? The questions he asked were questions that penetrated right to the thing. Accountability, I think one of the reasons we hate it is because we've been brought to account before without the basis of love and grace. That's not enough to make us not go after it still. It's not enough. Like, we're gonna have to let some people go. We're gonna have to say, God, forgive them. It's not enough because accountability and vulnerability are how we grow. And we can't do that if we're not together. Just doing it here is not it. But sitting together and saying, I love that we had a Zoom call this week and there was three of us, which two years ago I would have felt like a massive failure. And this one I was like, this is great, we're just talking. And I was able to be vulnerable with them about how emotional I feel because I've been praying for two years to feel emotions. And a little curveball from God, I actually have lots of them, like other humans. I didn't know that. I actually have emotions, I have many. Some would say I have more than most and that's why I can't feel them because they're so strong. So I was able to share in that group. I was like, I don't, we were talking about where we feel like we're with God, what are his invitations. I just feel like this deep, like tenderness that I don't love, but kind of feels good. It's from God. I'm able to share that with people and they're not laughing at me because it's really where I'm at. Like, where are you really at? Do people know where you're at? Do they know your longings? Do they know your sins? Yes, I said the word sins. Do they know your sins? Do they know where you struggle? Do they know where you need help? Where you're broken? Do they know where you're hurt? Do they know how to lead you to the feet of Jesus when that happens? Or are they just like, yeah, girl, you are crazy. Let's go get a mimosa. Is that what they do? Like, no. Like, how do we, how do we fall at the feet of Jesus and say, this is where we've noticed we're broken. Now we need you. Thank you. Vulnerability, accountability, these are essential parts of community. You cannot be a part of the Christian. Well, you can, pseudo-Christian community. But where we're heading, where I believe God's heading our church, we won't have thousands of people, but maybe we have a Jesus people that love so well, create space so well, that is all in for spiritual formation because who wants to be this deep as a disciple anymore? I know I don't. Who grow, who when people show up at our church, we're like, there's something happening here because God is present there's something happening. There's a rumbling. There's healing. There's hope, hopeful expectation. So this is why the center of Christianity is the table and not a stage. And let me just repent because 90% of people in ministry think this is the center of Christianity. That's why on many of our Facebook posts, we're standing on a stage preaching or singing because we feel like this 
is the center and it's not. The center of, of, the, of Christianity is the table. Because at the table, we come and confess. We come and speak about the future. We come and we're challenged by our brother and sister, but we partake of the bread. Can you bring up 1 Corinthians 10, 17? This little nugget, this, this should be, if you're in, well, I won't say that. And Sarah, you can thank me for not saying what I was about to say. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. It's like we're the grains. It starts with Jesus, and we partake. Think about this. Get this picture in your head. We actually partake of this bread. It goes into our bodies. Think if we all were to take this, it goes into our bodies. Where is it from? It's from Jesus. He's the center. He's the center of the table. He's the sustaining, continual, and it, we take it into ourselves, but it all goes back to him. So now this bread is in all these people, but all these people are the one bread. Is that not beautiful? Somebody draw something right now about that, <laughs> prophetically, in person, without stuff. Just do it. I love this. I love this picture because it draws us all back to Jesus. Jesus is present. Jesus is the center. I just want to say this real quick, and we're going a little bit long. I don't know if we're going long. I don't know what long is anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. This used to be short. So spiritual formation and community. See, these two things, silence and solitude and community, are what people believe historically Jesus oscillated the most in and out of these two spaces. And in these two spaces, the largest things will happen in our life. There's, I've heard many of you say, I was laying on my floor worshiping, weeping, and God met me. Or I was walking by a river and it was just me and I was there and God met me. Or I've heard people say, I went to this conference and I was filled with power. You know, I went to this thing or I was in this small group and it was such a beautiful night. Somebody just started leading worship and all of a sudden the presence of God felt like it was there. These places, this community in silence and solitude and you see Jesus going in and out of these two spaces because in both of these spaces, some of the most magnificent, magnificent things will happen. Most of the magnif most magnificent, oh my gosh. Jesus, we love you. No? Okay. But we are afraid of both spaces. One, and I am most certainly afraid of the first, silence and solitude, because I don't have music. I don't have ESPN on. I'm not studying for a sermon. We don't like to not be distracted. Go just not be distracted today. Just go sit. See if you can last 15 minutes without doing a thing, with no, nothing on in the room. Many of you will be like crawling on the ceiling. See, we run from that because of that. And those are the spaces God really meets us. And then in community, no avoidance, where spiritual formation finds its home is in community. We also run from that because we don't want to be held accountable. We don't want to be vulnerable. We would rather hide our whole lives than for people to know what really is happening under the surface. And this form of community cannot work anymore. We're being invited, clearly, as even if in this community alone, into these spaces where you have to take ownership of if you're willing to be a part of a community like that. And if you're not willing to be a part of a community like that, no one will hold you accountable and you'll jump from things you love for the rest of your life and you'll go here and these people will be fine and great. And all of a sudden they're not because they're people. And then you're over here and then you're looking for some kind of a connection that's not deeper, or it can happen with who God's placed around you. It can happen right now. I know it can. My honesty is, historically, I've not been good at this. I'm not good at community. 
And many of you are like, we kind of all know that. But I'm hoping you're like, really? <laughs> when, we, when we planted the church, we wanted community because we saw so many excellent ministries that were void of community. They had a superstar. They had amazing worship. They had a trained team that would greet you when you walked in. And we would even say, like you were at a five-star hotel. They had leaders of small groups that had been trained to do a thing. But nothing went deeper. Nothing drew you in deeper. So I was like, I need the deeper. I don't even know how to do it. So this is me being honest to you that as awkward as these things feel, I feel them as much. All the time. All the time. Especially as a pastor. Am I allowed to talk about my failures with people? I've been told not to. I've been told to lead from the mountain, right? Because that's where pastors lead from, up on that mountain. It's metaphorical. There's not a mountain anywhere near here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to lead from the mountain. I want to be in community. I want to walk in my role. But this is a, this is a humbling place to be. And this is the invitation to us. That's my desire for RCC, that we would be this kind of community. That I can sense when I look at you and you that you're stepping deeper into the life of God and you're being challenged in ways that's making you grow and God is working deeply in you for what he has for the world through you, but it doesn't just, it's not gonna just stumble. You're not gonna stumble on it. You're not gonna stumble on it, those watching from home, right? And I'm just gonna say maybe the strongest challenge this year so far. There are people who need to stay home during COVID. There are people who do not. There are people who are yearning for community and depth with God, and COVID has become an area where you can just distance yourself from the community of God. We don't need to be that. We need to take seriously the people that need to be protected. But we've got to step into the community of God. It's time to step into the community of God. And we have it right here. There's thousands of beautiful people in this room. You can't see them right now. I mean, I'm ministry speak. So we're going to take communion. And um, at home, we kind of prepped you to, to get some stuff ready. If you would like to come up, whoever's doing the song... So I'm going to also be honest here. This is very difficult for me to use for communion. <laughs> but I am thankful in this season that these are available. Because we can't do it like we normally would. And I love when someone walks up and I get to say, Leslie, this is the body broken for you. But we're in a different season. So we provided these on your seats and at home. Hopefully we can put this up on the screens as I read this to you. But I said on our on our night of staff and wise council, one of the things that I think would be great for us to do is as we take communion to say, God, here's where I need to confess. And then to be able to say, Jesus, here's what I would love to see in the future. These two elements at the table, confession, dreaming, vision casting. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this 
in remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for the many for forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for remembrance of me. We're going to say this together at home or here. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And now our prayer we pray. Lord God of our fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Risen Lord. Was that Sarah? She's in it. Community, amen. All right, risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Accept these prayers and praises Father, through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to whom, with you and the Holy Spirit, your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. Amen. You may partake. So Father, we just say thank you for the body of Christ. This could be like a portal. Thank you. The kingdom of God in Smyrna, Marietta. Amen. A couple opportunities this week for everyone. There's more than a couple. Tuesday night, Dodgers, Braves, watch party down at the table, 7.30, bring your own food. Love to have you there. Wednesday night, Bronner, just kind of come, one come all, open space out in front of Bronner. It's a, an area people can just hang out. We have 30 to 40 people that come each week. It's a great place to kind of do an in route. Thursday night, Zoom call, spiritual formation. Friday night, worship. We got everything this week. It's literally Golden Corral this week. So we'd love to have you at any of those. But I would just say, take a step into something this week. Just into something. Um, you might be getting emails from someone named Christina Hensley this week. We've hired an executive assistant we're very thankful for. She'll be very much a part going to the future, so kind of be aware of that. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. Father, as we go today, let us go being full but with you and help us find spaces together to celebrate you. We thank you, God. Make your face to shine upon us. Keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.